Um, for those of you who don't know me, um, my name is RJ, and it's my privilege to bring God's word to us um, for tonight. And for those of you who are here for the first time, welcome. And if you're still um, yeah, just visiting, welcome again. And we will look at Proverbs 31 tonight. Ode to women. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what a joy it is to know you more and better and better as we hear your word preached. And Lord, as we um, engage um, with our minds and do with our hands, Lord, what you ask us to do in your word. So we pray that you will bless us tonight, um, bless our time. Give us an undivided heart, Father, so that we will fear you more um, in the days ahead. We ask all these in Jesus' name. Amen. So over 40 years ago, um, the great um, songwriter and singer, Billy Joel, was married to a woman named Elizabeth. From all accounts, Elizabeth was um, a tough manager. So she started managing um, Mr. Joel's careers, and it took off. She was a tough negotiator. She didn't easily give in. And, and some even accused her, um, quote, unquote, of being unfeminine due to her tough-as-nail tactics. And Billy Joel wrote a song for Elizabeth, and it starts like this. She can kill with a smile. She can wound with her eyes. She can ruin your faith with her casual lies. And she only reveals what she wants you to see. She hides like a child. But she's always a woman to me. The song is a bit complicated. It seems like a backhanded compliment. Or it shows um, Joel's, Mr. Joel's total commitment to whatever may be. Because he loves this woman. He loved her but he's happy to live with, with all her flaws and all, all her quirks and all her faults. This is his attempt at an ode to women. <clears throat> I had a crush, um, her name was Susan, when I was in third grade, and my dad noticed that I'm being very generous and kind to this young lady, and so my dad so, sort of confronted me, you have a crush on Susan, don't you? And I said, no, she's ugly. And I'm like, that's my best ode to women that I could do. So I was caught red-handed, but yes, I could have said something. Yes, she's great, but I didn't. So Billy Joel, very cheeky in honoring women in this song. Look, the Bible teaches us better, and Proverbs 31 will teach us a better way. How should men love, honor, and regard women? Well, it tells us that we ought to seek and encourage the godliness of our women. For the mothers, the wives, the sisters, the daughters we have in our lives, we need to praise them for their wisdom. Because wisdom leads to godliness. That's the way we, as men, grow in our own wisdom. This passage is, of course, for all of us. And so the applications, many of the applications apply both ways. But we'll follow the flow of the passage um, and this call for, women, for men to gain wisdom, 
by honoring their women. So as we look at Proverbs 31, this biblical ode to women, we will take to heart these steps to wisdom. Number one, listen to, godly, to the godly woman. Number two, praise the godly woman. And number three, give in to godly wisdom. Let's look at that first step as we look at verse one. Um, on the wrong page. The sayings of King Lemuel, an inspired utterance his mother taught him. Now, we don't know much about King Lemuel. He was a king, but he's not in the annals or the chronology of um, Israel's um, kings. But his name means belonging to God. And from this text, we know he wanted to be wise. But before we go on, what is wisdom? What is wisdom? Perhaps we think of wisdom as having the right words at the right time. Or perhaps we think of wisdom as the ability to point people to the right direction when they lost their way or when a crisis strikes. But biblical wisdom is more than just counseling or becoming an armchair theologian. No, wisdom has to do with godliness. That is to do what is good, what is right, what is just, and what is fair. That's what Proverbs 1.3 will tell us. And there's only one source of wisdom, and we know it's God. The theme of Proverbs itself as a book, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And that's exactly what we will find here. So that's wisdom. Um, it's it's um, intensely practical. So it leads to godliness. We don't know much about Lemuel's mother either, but we can tell she's a wise woman. At least her words inspire godliness. God made sure her words remain in the Bible, become part of the Bible. And so as the people of God, we ought to listen to this godly woman. What does she have to say? Look at verse 2. Listen, my son. Listen, son of my womb. Listen, my son. The answer to my prayers. Perhaps when, when you were a boy, mom, you'd feel embarrasses you and you'll say, mom, stop it. And here she goes. Listen three times. My son, three times. Um, and that love and concern three times appear in that verse. This is an expression of care and love and concern of a mom. These are words of love. And this has been part of Lemuel's life ever since he was a boy. We know that um, in Middle Eastern culture, the children are brought up by the mom until they're about five or six when the father takes over with their education. So these words must have been so much part of King Lemuel's life. And for him to be wise is to be godly. He knows godliness is intensely practical. Wisdom is not just words. Actions are very much involved. And to be a good king, he had to spurn sex and booze. Look at verse 3. Do not spend your strength on women, your vigor on those who ruin kings. It is not for kings, Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine. It is not for rulers to crave beer. Again, godliness is intensely practical. There, there's an effect of being, of doing what is right. And if you read the news lately, and we don't need to mention names, it's almost too common. Yes, apart from what's happening with the, ravage, um, the ravages of COVID, 
you'll find men or athletes, big names, giving in to alcohol addiction or giving in to sexual affairs and some of the worst kinds, sexual abuse of women. We shouldn't be surprised and yet we shouldn't be desensitized either. That's why this advice is as biblical as it comes. It's as old as the rainforest. No sex, no booze. Um, that is, no sex outside of marriage. And alcohol in only in moderation. We know this. The, the safety net of marriage, sex in marriage, should be celebrated. Drinking wine or beer is even commended in the Bible. But too much of a good thing. Outside of marriage, sex is as ugly as it comes. And alcohol abuse can lead to pain and, and, and trouble. And we know this is true. The Christian church is not immune to these sins. And yet, the answer is as simple as it is profound. Listen to this godly woman. Listen to your mother. No sex, no booze. Now, we might say it takes two to tango. That is, both men and women can both be guilty of sexual sin. And that's right. Even Proverbs will say there are adulterous women. But the Bible rightly places emphasis on the responsibility of men to control their sexual desires and to curb or limit their use of alcohol. In Lemuel's case, all the more because there's more he can do than just live for himself. It's very possible, again, as kings of, of, of that era, they will have a harem women from, from different cultures and being brought to them to be their concubines or um, attached to their wives. And they have the right to do that. But this godly woman is saying, don't spend your energy. Do something else. Lest they forget, look at verse 5, lest they forget, they drink and forget what has been decreed and deprive all the oppressed of their rights. So the Bible is not about embarrassing people because of misbehavior. No, the Bible is about what is good, what is just, what is right, and what is fair. I, I heard a sermon a long time ago now, and, and uh, a pastor, after a pastoral visit, um, walked through the city, and he, he came into a pub, and he saw some of the youth group, or some of the young men coming out, and, and some of them were half drunk. What did he say? Don't come to church tomorrow because I don't want to have any of you in church. You are a disgrace to Christ's name. Well, he's saying something biblical, but he wasn't being wise, was he? Um, there's more to just stopping. You know. Stop that. That's wrong. No, the Bible is about purpose. And that's what we see here. Don't drink. And, and don't engage in immoral living because there's more to life than ju just living for yourself. And as a king, you exemplify what it means to be right before God. We're going to elect elders soon and in and, and, and a Presbyterian church. Elders exemplify what it means to be a follower of Christ. Now, it, it, might not be um, sex or, or booze that is the addiction of, of a man or even a woman. 
could be anything else, anything that deprives you from serving others, or for blessing others, then that is your foolish behavior. And the Bible commends you to a better action. Look at verse 8. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. Wisdom in Proverbs is about doing good, what is right and just and fair. It's intensely practical. And I praise God for um, Chris's prayer earlier. He, he mentions how, how we can. There's so many needs, even in our own city, even in our own church. And we can be so much part of that. And if we're dealing with different kinds of addictions or things that um, are good things, could be work, could be a hobby, anything. But it keeps us from being a servant to others. Then we are living only for ourselves. We are being foolish. King Nemuel needed to need, listen to his godly mother. He must lead in good works, and especially in helping the poor and needy. And that's the same for us. Do we, do we see our, our women as, as equals men? Or are they like me when I told my dad, Susan, oh, she's ugly. I not only lied that I didn't have a crush on her, I actually put her so way down that I'm better looking than her. Oh, she was beautiful. <laughs> but are we listening to what women has to offer, have to offer? So it could be your wife. It could be your mother. It could be your sister. It could even be your daughter. Do they bring the word of God to you? Do you listen? Because our women can speak to our lives because of God's word. So that's point one. Listen to godly women. Number two, praise the godly woman. Let's go to verse 10 now. A wife of noble character who can find. She's worth far more than rubies. Now, in the Bible, wife and woman, in the Hebrew Bible at least, they, they're exactly the same word. And, and, and so, wife and woman could, it could be a noble woman here. The translation could be noble woman. But the most common status for um, girls, once they become adults, they marry. And, and so, it's, it's right and good to, to say, this is about the noble wife. But the key, here, the key word here is noble. That word noble is also in verse 29, so it, it um, captures everything about this woman. Um, it's the same word that Boaz, if you know the book of Ruth, Boaz called Ruth, you are a worthy woman. That was on their first date, if you remember. It means strong, valiant. So you could easily say a valiant wife, a valiant woman. Another translation puts it, a manly woman. Um, not because um, she's gender confused, but yeah, it's almost unfeminine, the strength that it gives us. Um, so noble, worthy, valiant, strong. More than just sugar and spice and everything nice. No, women are, are all that and more. So the last section of Proverbs is an ode to women. It's actually a psalm. It's a song. It's highly stylized and memorable. It's an acrostic in, in the Hebrew Bible. So it begins, every verse begins with a letter of the alphabet, starting from A to Z. 
Um, so people want to say this is a picture of a complete woman. The only problem is it doesn't say everything that can be said about women, but um, it's okay. You just say it's the A to Z of a valiant woman. Every woman in every church can take on her qualities, not the details of her every action. We don't need to go Amish or go back to the Middle Ages to live like this. No, it's, it's about um, possessing excellence in, in all that we do as, uh, uh, for women. So we won't go through every verse. I, I told David Jones I was going to preach on because we finished, Haley and I finished reading after a year of reading Proverbs, landed here, said, I'm very intrigued by this chapter I told David Jones two months ago. I'm going to, I'd like to preach on this passage. And I thought, when I started preparing, I said, I should change it. I should call David and change it. It's, it's, it's too amazing. There's so much scope to, to cover. But um, I found a solution. <laughs> three broad strokes. Here's three broad strokes about this um, complete woman. Number one, first, the strong woman is rare. The, the strong woman is rare. Reading from verse 10 again. A wife of noble character who can find. She's worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. So this is about the preciousness, the rarity, the value of such a strong woman. If you find someone like that, if you want to get married, man, find someone who is like this, a treasure beyond comparison. Because this woman will be trustworthy and she will do good to you as a husband, uh, as her husband, all the days of her life. She will be a blessing, but not just for you, but for possible children you may have, but, and then many in, in society. And so there's already a hint here, even for single women. You see, for, for single women who, who longs to be married, it is, the, the Bible calls you to, to be valiant, to be strong to be wise, to practice godliness, even in the average, the mundane, and the ordinary things of life, with or without a husband. Carolyn McCulley, a Christian author and filmmaker who is still single, in, in, she's now in her middle age, she rightly points out that Proverbs 31 is not just for the married, but for the unmarried woman. She asks, after all, how does one get these virtues? Do you have to get married before you become like a valiant woman? No, you take them on now. And whether God grants you a husband or not, then you are still a rare gem, worthy of praise. So being a virtuous woman or a man, practicing godliness is not a guarantee that you will um, receive or you will find a significant other. The Bible doesn't promise that. But it does mean God's purposes for your life, ultimately to be more like Jesus, will be displayed more and more, whether you're single or married. So that's the first thing. This strong woman is rare. Not a myth, not invisible, but under God, very present. Second, the strong woman is strong because of what she does, or what she does with her time, probably. Verses 13 to 22 um, give us a picture of this woman um, motivated, in charge, capable. 
This poem goes on to say that she works hard. She's resourceful. She, she, she's kind to the poor. She is fearless. She laughs at the days to come, doesn't she? She enhances her husband's reputation. What a guy. She, she speaks with, with wisdom. What a girl. She does what is right for her household, for her children. And society is blessed. If things are well in the home, then the blessing to the larger society um, is very apparent. It's especially seen in verse 20. Jump there with me. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. This is exactly the very reason King Lemuel was forbidden by his mom not to engage in immoral activities. So he can spend time serving others so that he doesn't just live for himself. And this husband and wife team, they concern themselves with the needs of others, the poor especially. They serve others, not just themselves. So again, the details, are, are, we're not supposed to take each and every point as something we take on, but whatever our capacity, men and women, whatever our capacity, whatever our calling, some of us may um, even struggle with, with physical, um, something physical that prevents us from, from serving fully. But are we giving in the time and the energy that we do have and not just live for ourselves? Do we give all of ourselves to bless others and not just live um, selfishly? Verse 28. Her children... Arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Um, Haley and I will celebrate eight years of marriage next week. Um, every year, I always struggle um, what to write her as a, as a message for our anniversary. Actually, I don't struggle. I just quote Proverbs 31, 29. Just say, you surpass them all, darling. It's an amazing, or sometimes I use chapter, uh, verse 10 as well. Um, who can find a, a noble wife like you? But you see, it's not what Haley does at home or for me or for others that makes me praise God for her. No, she is a strong woman because of her God. And that's the third thing we learn from this um, ode to him. The strong woman is strong because of her God. Look at verse 30. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. I was talking to an elder um, a while ago now, a few months, and, and, and he's, he's, he's been an elder for a while, so he has been telling me, look, I've... Years ago, I've decided my beautiful wife will remain beautiful no matter her age. Um, he was reading a, an article of how you know, people fall in and out of love because it's the looks that, that, that made them love their wife at first, and that's what remained in their relationship. So when it's gone, yeah. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. This is the point. This is what it's all about. This is what makes a woman really strong. 
Does she have a healthy reverence for the King of Kings, for the Lord of Lords? If she does, that's what makes her a praiseworthy woman. It all begins and ends with our praiseworthy God. So this woman, this godly woman, ought to be praised, not just by her children, by her husband especially, but not just by her husband, by all. Look at verse 31. Honor her for all that her hands have done, and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Do we talk of our women this way to others? No, we don't have to shout the rooftops. Maybe we should once in a while, but... Or do we talk when, when, when we're alone with uh, other male friends? We talk of the ugliness of, of not the ugliness, sorry, <laughs> the faults and the quirks and the flaws of our, of our wives. And, and when we talk to our wives or our women, our daughters, do we say it with healthy respect that she is a, a, an equal, co-equal, bearing the image of God in herself? Men, and women, boys and girls of Soul Church, brothers and sisters, let there be praise for the godly women in our church. Let there be praise for the mothers, the daughters, the wives, the sisters. Let there be praise for all the godly women in our lives. Let there be praise for them. When we do that, we come nearer to being wise. And yet, the question remains, doesn't it? How can I become a Proverbs 31 woman for every woman here. And men, how do we encourage our women to become Proverbs 31 women so that we become Proverbs 31 men who love and honor and praise our women because we, have, we share the same faith in God? Well, the answer is none of us can, can we? None of us can. None of us can unless we give in to godly wisdom. And that's our last point. This is just going to be a short one. Give in to godly wisdom. Go back to verse 10 again. A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Now, there's a rhetorical question here. And the answer is, we can't find this woman. But this rhetorical question is also an invitation. Because for us who are discouraged right now, I can never be a Proverbs 31 woman, or I can never be a Proverbs 31 man. The answer is, you're right. You're right. I can't be a Proverbs 31 man. My wife can't be the Proverbs 31 woman. You see, Proverbs 31 is more than just a woman of noble character. This is actually wisdom personified. If you're familiar with um, Proverbs, the lady wisdom appears in chapter 1 and expounded in chapter 8. This is actually lady wisdom herself inviting you and me to give in to God's wisdom. And so lady wisdom ends whole Proverbs, summarize all the virtues that one should take up so that our praiseworthy God become more and more known in this world. So Lady Wisdom, or Wisdom Personified, so it's a, it's a teaching um, technique where you think of a word and you make it into a person. 
And so this person speaks. And so Lady Wisdom stands here calling out to everyone. Um, Proverbs 8, I'll, I'll read a few verses. You can go there with me if you like, um, but you don't need to. It says, Proverbs 8.1, Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? See, it's feminine there. Um, only because wisdom is feminine in gender in the language, not because it's really feminine. But at the highest point along the way where she, the paths meet, she takes her stand beside the gate leading into the city at the entrance. She cries aloud. To you, O people, I call out. I raise my voice to all mankind. Verse 10. Choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom, listen to this, for wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Wisdom personified, lady wisdom, is the Proverbs 31 woman. And you are invited, I am invited, to give in to God's wisdom. If we want to be wise, if we want to be godly, if we want to do what is good, what is right, what is just, and what is fair, if we want all this, we need to give in to God's wisdom. And we can't find it in this world, and we can't find it in ourselves. It can only be found in wisdom, in person, not just personified. We need to come to Jesus. This is who, Lady Wisdom, was pointing to. Jesus is the one who satisfies our desires, our longings, our needs, our dreams. He is the one who was wise enough to take on the foolishness of the cross, dying in our place, so that those who trust in him will forever belong to him. 1 Corinthians 30 says, it is because of God's work that we are in Christ Jesus. That in Christ language, it's a covenant language, it's a marriage language. In Christ, Jesus has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. So at the cost of mixing metaphors or confusing images, um, Proverbs 31 tells us, find that godly woman, find that valiant woman, marry her, marry her. Give in to God's wisdom. Marry that strong woman. Give in to God's wisdom. But the New Testament picture becomes wisdom marries us. Wisdom marries us. Jesus, God incarnate, wisdom in person, marries you and me, his bride, his church. And we're on our way to being wise ourselves. We only need to accept his love so that we too can be wise. He's already given himself to you. You only need to receive him. Jesus did everything that was right and good and fair. He's the wisest um, man who ever lived. He is the king of kings. But he didn't speak just the right words. He backed it up with his actions. In fact, his greatest action, dying on the cross, became for us our own righteousness. We cannot do what is right, but he did. And we can never be holy, but he is. And so we are saved because of what Jesus has done. He alone saves us, and we simply give in. Give in to God's wisdom.
surrender your life to Jesus Christ, then you will truly be wise. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, what a joy it is to know we have all that we need in Jesus Christ. Jesus said, those who build their life on the sand is like a man who, who, who built a house on the sand. And when the rains fell and the floods came up, it shattered to the ground. But those who live by the words of Jesus are wise men and women. And they're like people who build their houses on the rock. And when the rains fall, and the floods come up, it will stand. Help us to stand with Christ. We thank you for him and his wisdom for us. Help us to live as wise men and women, boys and girls, so that a service to others, Lord, will be ringing in heaven as more and more people get to know our Lord Jesus. Do this through us, Father. Please do this through our church, Father. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.